0: Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you've found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Trisha Bailey a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here with me today. In the last few episodes, I talked about some of the topics that are a very real part of life as a social entrepreneur. In episode four, I talked about overcoming overwhelm. In episode five, we talked about managing spinning plates, which is all the stuff you have to keep going and give attention to in your social enterprise and in your life to make things happen. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about two additional parts of life as a social entrepreneur, as you're spinning your plates. These are making mistakes and missing God. These are two concerns I hear a lot from people, and I'm going to share with you some of my experiences because I have lots of practice (laughs) in both of these. And fortunately or unfortunately, I continue to have more opportunities to learn from these things pretty much every day in my life. Now, we've got a lot of spinning plates, and each one of these requires us to process information, make decisions, and manage a lot of information. So, we are not going to get it right all the time. And that's okay. And you're thinking, what? Don't I have to be perfect? Uh, no, you don't. And I'm going to tell you why. First, let's talk about making mistakes. Mistakes are part of our life and they are part of our learning. When you think about it, uh, when you were a child and you first started school, you didn't know the alphabet or scripts or characters, depending on where you're from, we'll refer to them as letters here. So you didn't know how to write or to form your letters. And sometimes you wrote your letters correctly. And sometimes maybe you wrote them backwards. Some of you have symbols that are very, very complicated (laughs) and I'm left-handed. So I often drew the circles backward on my letters. So like A's, B's, D's, I got the letters correct. So technically they looked correct. However, the way in which I formed them was different than from right-handed students. And some of us also learn differently and process information differently in our brains. And so for some of us, letters are even more difficult to learn than our peers. And this doesn't make us stupid or bad or inept, but unfortunately some of us have had teachers me included that made us feel that way when we didn't get our letters right so we got programmed from a very young age that first time mistakes are bad but the reality is that it was really all just a part of our learning process and when it comes to business it's really no different you know we can beat ourselves up for i should have done this or i should have known that but the truth is You didn't. And we make the best decisions we can at the time based on the information that we have. When you break up the word mistake into two, it's miss and take. So miss take. So at its simplest, mistake means you mistook, you misunderstood or you misinterpreted something. It's not necessarily a colossal error, though it may feel like it at the time. It's really just learning. And mistakes can be considered learning for the first and maybe the second time. Now, once you learn something, you don't necessarily have the same grace to make mistakes over and over again. That's um, maybe more on the border of lazy or careless. And that's not you. And that's not what we're talking about here but the first time especially, it's important not to beat yourself up over it. Now, mistakes, even when there's not a colossal error, can and often do have negative consequences. The key is really what you learn from them and how you alter and adjust for the future. And of course, I'm gonna say that. But of course, I'm going to say that it's not really about the mistakes, but really about how you alter and adjust for the future. And here's why. Almost every mistake I've had, especially the major ones, there was a learning lesson from it. And maybe it was something that I didn't know was a problem to begin with, or that I didn't have enough information or the right information. Or that how is doing something wasn't as good as it could have been. And I just didn't get the vision for what was better until I had the contrast of what I was currently doing. But once I realized the mistake, my go to question is this okay, what can I do to make sure that this never happens again? Then we put a process in place. If you're part of a team, then you communicate that process. And even better, if you're part of a team, you invite people into the solution. And at the end of the day, you have a better product or service than you had before. And that becomes your new base, your new baseline, your new standard operating procedure. And from there, it's really about what can we do to make this better? I think our hangup though with making mistakes is that our public facing mistakes often seem... To happen with our biggest clients or most substantial customers. They don't happen with the little ones, they happen with the big ones. And our mistake seems so significant because these clients or customers matter so much to the long term viability and possibly even the short term survival of our business. So, what do you do when there's a mistake with one of your biggest clients? There are lots of options. I've tried lots of different things but these are six steps that I have found to be most effective in addressing mistakes with any customer, but especially those important make or break customers. Number one, ask your spirit for wisdom and discernment for the right words and the right silence during the conversation. Yes, I said the right silence. Sometimes people just need to get it out. They need to feel heard. So it's important to listen intently and hear them without offering any blame, excuse, or judgment. Number two, own up to it with your customer. Even if it was an employee's mistake, if it's your social enterprise, it's your mistake too. So it's important to own up to it with your customer. Number three, apologize. I am so sorry or I'm sorry, in pretty much any language without an excuse really does go a long way. It shows that you're humble and it shows that you really feel it and you really want to do something to make it right. Now, after apologizing, number four, tell them what you're going to do or have done to correct it. So, that the mistake doesn't happen again. And this is not about excuse or blame, just the solution. Number five, tell them what they can expect from you and your team in the future. And number six, do and be what you said you would do and be. Now on the extreme end, your customers may be very displeased. And here are two possible reasons that are really beyond your control, but it's important for you to be aware of. Number one, it's possible to follow all the steps in your process or standard operating procedure and they or the client missed something on their end. And in my experience, even if it's not your fault and it was really something that the client missed... It's really better to do, as we say, fall on your sword, and that means uh, take the blame or take ownership. And it really makes them feel valuable to be heard. And in the end, that's really how we want people to feel anyway. Number two, sometimes there's a smoke screen. And when I say smoke screen, this is what I mean. The real anger, is not the thing that you or they see. The real anger may be two or three issues in their life back that are removed from your situation. They're what I call behind the screen of smoke that you can't see. So for example, likely your customers also have customers. So maybe they've lost a huge contract with one of their customers Maybe they had a fight with their spouse. Maybe they have a really sick child or sick parent at home. Maybe their car broke down. Gosh, there are so many things that can happen to all of us in a day that are surprises that we don't have any control of. And when someone is dealing with a lot of those situations and you're the person that they're in front of, sometimes you could be the one element in their life that they feel they can control at that moment. And so they may express their anger or their frustration at you when the real issue is something else or a combination of other things that are just too overwhelming for them to put their finger on. In this case, or in either of these cases, whether it's something, you know, where the client missed something on their end, or if there's a smokescreen happening and they're really frustrated with other things, but you're the Element that's in front of them, it really becomes a decision on your end of what to do with this customer or client long term. Do you like them as a person and do you want to keep them as a customer or client? Do you want to take unjustified blame or are you okay with that? Can you deal with that for right now? Have they had grace with you in the past when there was a mistake? Maybe there was something else that happened. And can you extend that grace and kindness and forgiveness to them? I don't know the answer to those questions, but you do. And these are important questions for you as a social enterprise leader to ask and to decide on. It, and it goes beyond entitlement. This is really about your responsibility to your business business and also to your employees. What's best for the long-term health and viability of your social enterprise and your staff? Is it better to live with this customer or is it better to do life without them? That really is up to you. Whatever you decide, mistakes are really the foundation for learning and for us to become better. And it's important for us not to judge ourselves or others too harshly, especially the first time. And if there is a second time, sometimes there is. I've made the same mistake twice myself. It's important to objectively see whether you or the other person has grown or not from the first time. So is this a ladder of learning? And if it is, then that's progress that you should be happy about and grateful for. And so in many instances, mistakes are really the only way for us to learn. So laddered learning happens by making mistakes, and sometimes we hear the term failing failing forward. So in some cases, we may get divine inspiration from our spirit that shortcuts our learning, and we may take as much effort... As we can to learn as much as possible before venturing into something new. So, for example, if you're filling out a government form, you pretty much want to avoid every mistake possible because you know that the more mistakes you make, the more bottleneck it's going to create. So, you might want to take more time in learning something before you actually put pen to paper and put it in a situation where it really is going to matter, where the result is going to be dependent on your on your actions. We also may have the gift of seeing five or steps ahead, which helps us bypass mistakes that others might experience. Some of us do have that gift where you can kind of see things and you you look ahead. It's part of your nature. Sometimes your friends may call you paranoid, but that actually can be a gift in business when you look, look more than one or two steps ahead. And some of us may be naturally more methodical, and avoid the mistakes that others make who are more impulsive or living in the moment. And being impulsive and living in the moment, they have their virtues as well. But often in business, even though you do have to take risks, it can be beneficial to be a little more methodical and to take a little more time to avoid making mistakes versus just jumping right in head first. So, Either way, it's really about learning and growing and getting better in the end. And whether it's ours or others, mistakes are just part of our life and they are part of our learning. In addition to making mistakes, many of us have a concern about, let's say, quote, missing God, end quote. Missing God, this concept can mean a lot of things. It can mean not seeing an opportunity. It can mean realizing a blessing was there that you didn't see, or passing on an event that could have really made a difference in your life or in someone else's, or making what seems to be the wrong decision. Usually, these are what I call rear view moments. Rear view moments are those that you don't see until they've passed you by or until you've passed them by. It's kind of like looking in the rearview mirror of your car or your motorbike or your scooter. You're cruising along, weaving through traffic and people, <laughs> and you glance in your rearview mirror and you see a sign for that store that you were looking for. And you say, ah, oh, dang, how did I miss that? That's kind of an example, of a practical example of a rearview moment. And that kind of is um, a foundational thing to some of the bigger questions about missing God. So before I get too much more into this concept, I want to talk a little about theology, which I don't very often. Most of all the social entrepreneurs I've met have a higher calling and they lead with their hearts. It's sort of one of the prerequisites for being a social entrepreneur that makes them different from regular entrepreneurs regular entrepreneurs they have i guess you could say the luxury of focusing on the numbers and hopefully doing well by their people in corporate in the corporate world there's more of an expectation of that today but still it is it is a little bit of a luxury to be able to take care of people you on the other hand as a social entrepreneur you put the emotional mental, psychological, and possibly even the spiritual health of your beneficiaries slightly, if not completely, ahead of profit. And let's face it, being a social entrepreneur is almost too hard to do without the quote-unquote why or reason of a higher power or a higher calling. From what I know about theology and religious and spiritual doctrines is that most all of them seem to value peace and kindness to ourselves and others. These seem to be the common denominators of all of us and the common denominators that I find in social entrepreneurs as well. So when I talk about missing God, I may not have the same educational experience or lived experience as some of my Buddhist muslim um, hindu or agnostic friends so what i'm sharing are my thoughts from my truth but i encourage you to contrast them and compare them to your truth but i think what we'll find is that we all share in this missing god it's really about a common denominators of peace and kindness to ourselves and others so how many times have i said oh my gosh, did I miss God on that? I thought I heard him so clearly. How did I miss him? And what I'm about to share with you is one of the many examples where I feel like I've gotten a lot of, not a lot, but I've gotten some of the advanced concepts of and lot lessons of life with God, but I've missed out <laughs> on some of the basics. And I'm not sure if any of you can relate to that, but it's one of those things where you're like, oh my gosh, how did I not understand that? Often when we are in a challenging situation, especially when we're having to stretch out of our comfort zone and learn new things, we kind of want to learn it as quickly as possible with as little pain as possible and move on. And in my experience though, God doesn't necessarily want to deliver us or remove us completely from our circumstances or challenging situations that we're dealing with. Instead, he wants to be with us in the situation or circumstance. Now, life and death matters are beyond the scope of this topic. And that's for someone way more educated and more qualified than me to talk about when it comes to to life and death. But what I'm talking about here are really the everyday decisions, big and small, when we feel like we need really clear direction, approval, and blessing to proceed. It's not really about missing God because he does give us free will and free choice. He equips us and we are allowed to choose from choice one, two, three, or endless choices. We could go either way. What God really wants is for us to invite him into our circumstances and to invite him into the challenge that we're facing, to ask him how he sees the situation, to ask him how he sees you in the situation. God says that he is our helper and he's not going to just butt in unless we ask for help. Well, I take that back. Maybe he will, (laughs) if he sees we're about to really mess up, he'll he'll intervene. He's done that for me a time or 12, (laughs) you know, that divine timing uh, when things just don't work the way you think they should and miracles and all that. But God is our helper. And under normal circumstances, when things aren't in crisis mode, he doesn't bud in unless we invite him in. And the reality is that in your business, you have free reign. You can make the decision to hire someone or not. You can make the decision to pursue a project or not, to buy a new piece of equipment or not, to invest in marketing or not, or to fire a supplier or even a customer or not. And it's really not about missing God or whether you're on track with him or hearing him. It's about inviting him into the situation and the decision. I believe that God put you in this role because he believes in you. And he's the one who put the desire in your heart to be a social entrepreneur to begin with. And now that you are a social entrepreneur, he's going to fulfill the subsequent desires of your heart. There's a really great book called The Invitation transforming the heart through desire fulfilled it's written by tony stoltzfus and i'll link to it in the show notes check it out if you'd like to learn more about the perspective of inviting god into our circumstances when we look at it from this lens from instead of worrying about missing god to inviting him into our situations it really does give us a lot more freedom and we can rest easy We have loads and loads of choices, and whenever we invite God in and ask for his discernment, his wisdom, and his perspective, he's going to be pleased with us pretty much whatever our decision is because it's grounded in him. He wants to fulfill our desires, so we really don't have to worry about missing him because he's there with us. We just have to ask him to join the party or invite him to coffee to chat about it. And he wants relationship with us. And that's really what it's all about. Even for us introverts who could live on a desert island and be very content, life and business is all about relationships. And God is no different. He made it all. He made the relationships. And that's what he wants with us. And this, my friends, is also where the value of daily quiet time and journaling comes in. I think I probably talked about quiet time and journaling in nearly every episode, and I probably will talk about it a lot more in the future. If you're not yet into quiet time and journaling, or if you are and you'd like to freshen things up, there's a free five-day prompted journal linked in the show notes. And also I've linked another tool called Quick Cards. This is great if you're wrestling with or feeling stuck in a certain area. Quick cards are a great way to invite God into your challenge and to hear him clearly. That's a wrap for today, my avant garde entrepreneur friends. There's no need to fear making mistakes or missing God. Making mistakes are a part of your life and your learning, and God wants to be your helper and fulfill your desires. It's a win win for you and all the people in your life and your social enterprise. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabayleyphd.com or on social at trishabayleyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.